we all know God shows up in unexpected places. The Gospels are full of stories with Jesus hanging with sinners and tax collectors. He says he came to heal the sick, and he offered redemption to people who desperately needed salvation. To this day, he's still bringing light to dark places, and faith-driven entrepreneurs are called to do that same thing. We seek to fix broken industries. We want to solve the world's greatest problems. And today's guests, Sarah and Rodney Carrera, bring brightness to a place often filled with darkness. Tattoo Shops. The husband and wife team are the founders of Anomaly, a tattoo and art studio in Plano, Texas. And for the last seven years, they have faithfully lived up to their name. They've become an anomaly in the tattoo industry, offering a hope-filled, family-friendly alternative to the more rough and rugged culture that is the norm in that space. They joined the Faith Driven Entrepreneur podcast to share the challenges they face as they seek to transform this industry and how their faith has gotten them through the ups and downs of their journey. And don't worry, we'll also address the controversy surrounding tattoos and the Christian faith. This is an open, honest, and ongoing dialogue. And we hope that regardless of which side of the controversy you fall on, you'd be open to leaning into their experience and the wisdom that they offer about being a faith-driven entrepreneur. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm here with William this morning. William, good morning. Yeah, good morning indeed. This is a special edition. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I say that pretty often and everyone is a deep <laughs> special one. But this is one that as we were talking before we went live on Mike, this is a rock in your shoe episode a bit. There's going to be some subject matter that some people look at and say, you know what? Because we're talking about with, with two awesome tattoo artists. They've got an incredible ministry in doing that. Some number of people are going to say Leviticus 19.28 says we're not to do tattoos. Okay. Some number of people, though, hopefully the vast majority will see Christ's love through this couple, their story, and their ministry in a way that will be an inspiration and encouragement as they get out there in the mission field, which is the marketplace. So that's what we're looking to do today. And without further ado, I just want to introduce just this great couple, Sarah and Rodney Carrera, the duo behind Anomaly Lifestyle Art. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Uh, tattoos haven't traditionally been very popular with the Christian church. And maybe you speak to that a little bit uh, before we get into the broader and um, very magnificent picture of what you guys do. Okay. I feel like I can definitely speak to this growing up in the church um, and having a dad who was very much against them. <laughs> I quoted Leviticus quite often, kind of digging into it myself and questioning a lot. We can talk about civil law, ceremonial law, moral laws, civil being, you know, society behavior and punishment, ceremonial dealing with cleanliness and sacrifices, moral laws, which is God and his character that never changes. I think civil laws basically uh, surround the culture of the time. And like, who was it? Why was he saying that? He was saying that to the Israelites who were a religious group who were also a nation. There was no separation of church and state for Israel at the time. And so they were not to do as the pagan cultures around them were doing. It was very much a um, civil law that I feel like in our current society doesn't necessarily pertain to us anymore because God's people are more than just Israelites. Now, thank you to Jesus. You know, that's an opened up to us Gentiles as well. And so Christ came and fulfilled all the ceremonial and moral laws. However, those moral laws to me represent 
God's character, which never changes. So for me, it's God and his character and his morals that I am always in favor of and subject to. However, I don't necessarily consider myself under that civil law of the Israelites back in Leviticus. I look more to Jesus and kind of the freedoms that he gave us when he came and did what he did on the cross. So I think we both see it more as living under the grace of Christ and just the freedom that we have with him and especially seeing what having tattoos ourself, the significance, the stories behind them, how it allows us to minister to a part of our culture that not everybody gets to engage with and step into. I think if Jesus were sitting here right now, he's at that other dinner party. Look who is at Matthew's house. That's the dinner parties we're going to. So I feel like Jesus would definitely want to come in the shop and hang out. So that's just kind of the basis if you're really coming at it from a biblical standpoint. I think that that was beautifully said. (laughs) The freedom we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. just an amazing thing. It frees us from, so what does that even mean? The freedom we have in Christ for me, it's freeing us from the bondage of sin, the bondage of just the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the being conformed to the pattern of the world. It's a freedom. And we hear in the new Testament, of course, about being free to be able to eat the different things that we want to eat. And yes. I think that you have a thoughtful and the, to be very clear, they're going to be members of the audience. They're going to still say, I'm, I still don't think tat- getting tattoos are a good idea. And other people are going to say, mm-hmm. hopefully, all people say that that was a beautiful exposition of somebody interpreting God's love for them and the freedom that comes from that. Okay. So you alluded to this a little bit. You said, you know, I'm wrestling with my faith and you know, your father had said, listen, tattoos are a bad idea. And you've got this life story and maybe Rodney, why don't we start actually with you? Tell us your story about where you got to running this business, please. Okay. So in my youth, I was an artist. I created a lot of artwork. I was very much in a household that artwork was my outlet. It was a place that I went to very much just to get out of the present situation, if you'd say. So as an early adult, I felt like, you know, I wanted to get tattoos. I was always creating art. I loved the idea of telling your story in a way. When I was early 20s is when I really met a gentleman that told me, you're an artist, man. I can teach you how to do this stuff. He said, I'm not going to give you a job. I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, show some of what you do. And I had no idea what I was stepping into this world. It was dark. I was very much looking for a team to run with, if you'd say. I was looking for community at that time. And I think I learned a lot more about habits as well, going through my early years of tattooing. So I would tend to create a lot because of the chaos in my surrounding. A lot of it felt normal in a way. And just being in a place where I just had to stay afloat, you know, I was running a race with a lot of guys that I felt like, you know, I was a small fish. And again, just trying to do as much as I can, keeping up, doing a lot of stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And, you know, I was finally in a place where I'd say I I hit rock bottom. Mm. You know, that's where I'd say I met the Lord is Mm. when I finally felt like the race was over is when I finally understood what I was doing, even to myself, 
it's a little bit crazy. And then to say within just the last seven years, what he's been doing in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the studio, in the place of business where I'm not even doing anything but opening the doors and he's present. You know, you can feel when people come in and they talk about it, that the studio is different. It is an anomaly. It is a place where people can come in and be comfortable and not feel like there's so much of an ego behind it or it's not a scary place now. It's a different place. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, it's amazing where Jesus finds people. Finds us all in different spots. It's so cool to hear. And Sarah, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your story and then maybe merging that with, you said yeah. it's coming up on seven years. When did yeah. y'all decide to become entrepreneurs and how did God take you on that journey? And yeah, maybe tell a little bit of you and then move into the entrepreneurial journey a little bit. Sure. Um, I think I've always been a worker. Like since I was 14, I've had a job. <laughs> so even after college, got a career down here in Dallas that still had like my corporate job and then like five side hustles. I think I've always been like an entrepreneur and like trying new things so they'd fail. And then who cares? Try another one, you know, 20 and single with no kids. <laughs> Just going for it. Eventually Matt Rodney, kind of cliche. I did meet him in a tattoo shop. I did. He gave me a tattoo. Yes, it happened. Rodney and I building a relationship, uh, coming together, you know, fast forwarding a few years. We're married. We have two kids. I'm seeing my husband, who I had the privilege of baptizing, coming to me and being like, I can't, Sarah, I can't do this. You know, and it's like we're both wanting so desperately to grow with Jesus, so desperately to give our kids a family and a firm foundation rooted in Christ. And my husband's a tattoo artist. Um, and I'm doing things over here and we weren't merging our world yet. And there are many times we're like ships passing in the night with our schedule and kids. And I asked him, is this what you want to do to support our family? Like, is this what you're telling me? God has gifted you. Is this what you want to do? And he's like, it is. I just don't know what that looks like because he would come home one, two o'clock in the morning tonight with just a heaviness. Like it would emotionally and spiritually like wear him out like he would come home and be like sarah sometimes it's so dark i can just feel a heaviness on me as soon as i walk in the door like i feel like i'm all alone like battling it out and so through a lot of prayer and some counsel from some wise people god put in our lives we decided we were going to go for it and if this is what god was going to have him do we were going to merge our worlds me loving business <laughs> and like being an entrepreneur and brand imaging and going for it and him and all of his talent and we were going to create something on our own. Obviously, we have no idea what God's plan is going to be. Like, are we going to survive? Like, are you kidding me? It's a tattoo shop. And right now, Rodney's in. <laughs> He's the only artist going. So we were really fortunate. We were also very unwise when we opened and started. We thought, oh, we have this much money. That'll do it. <laughs> Not even close. Um, God was so gracious through his people in the church and his body of believers that contributed time, materials, prayer. I mean, we had guys and worship leaders coming over for free, helping us like put up drywall. I mean, it was incredible. And just praying over the place constantly that, you know, begging God, you know, in the spirit of God to rest in that place, to just be seeping out of the pores of the walls, that that place would be sanctified and dedicating it to him and, being an anomaly, you know, where in an industry, it does have a lot of, um, I mean, there are a lot of cliches and a lot of them are true. Like the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll vibes. 
It very much is like that. I'm not going to lie. And so Rodney really wanting to step out of that and having two kids in a place where like, I felt comfortable walking in with our kids. You know, I remember one shop in particular he was at, I walked in with my daughter who was three at the time. And I thought, are you kidding me? I was so offended by the artwork on the wall, the conversation, the music that was playing, the whole environment, you know, something about when you have your little one with you, <laughs> you see the world very clearly, you know, immediately for what it is. And we just knew it wasn't something we wanted. And so we started off really slow and it was really hard. There were a lot of times we didn't know we were going to make it. We didn't know if we could make it. We didn't know, God, how are you going to figure this out? Because on paper, this makes no sense, like at all. Like if you are willing, be Jehovah Jireh, like please provide. And it has been a really tough road, but we have seen God be so faithful to us. And, you know, with that, I have to say too, it is emotional because this is like our life, you know, he has grown us so much in the fire. You know, I feel like it's in the fire and in the hard places that we just really fell in love with Christ. Um, We fell in love with the ministry. We fell in love with living on others. And I think even though our pocketbooks were broken (laughs) and empty, our hearts would be so full at times because of the stories we get to hear and the love that we would get to share. And so almost seven years later, I see how he has completely carried us. I just see his sovereign hand. over it all. And not only was he growing a business all along, he was refining and growing us, which makes kind of every down part of it. You know, every entrepreneur knows it's not always like, yay, this is so great. Uh Like there are struggle in it, you know? And sometimes you're wondering, what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, is this for us? Does this even make sense? Is this what he wants from us? And I think Seeing who we are as a couple and individuals and as business owners today is not who we were seven years ago. And for that, I think we are both just unbelievably grateful for his patience, his grace, and that he just has a plan that's so much bigger than what we had ever realized. So yeah, that basically is a real kind of quick little synopsis of the last several years of our lives. Tell us, if you can, please, about what that... As you come to understand God's love for you through the context of your marriage and running a business together, how does that spill over to folks that come in the door? Because I'm making some presumptions here. I've actually never been in a tattoo shop, but I would imagine that some number of people are coming in and asking for a tattoo that tells something about their story, something that's meaningful to them. They're opening up to you about things that are important in their life. What are some of the conversations that you're invited into? And just riff on that a little bit. I mean, I can say a quick something. I think Rodney's probably got a lot more stories than I do. But one day sitting on a couch, as I sit next to a young girl who is waiting on her turn to get a tattoo, I just asked her, can I sit here next to you while I do some work? And of course, she invites me to sit down. And she's adorable and sweet. And, you know, we're talking social media because I have to do it and I don't want to. And so we're talking all the business things. And um, she just kind of starts telling me why she's getting a tattoo. And her dad had died 10 months prior. Her younger sister had committed suicide two months prior. She was coming off of pills, trying to become sober and wanted to cover up all the cut marks on her arm where she had attempted multiple suicide attempts. Wow. <laughs> so she just like drops it on me. And she was so like nonchalant about it. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is my life. And I'm, I mean, I'm wrecked. <laughs> I'm completely wrecked. And so 
you know, sometimes I think we have to feel the spirit out. Like, am I bringing her the gospel like right now in this moment? Or am I completely turning her off? Like, God, what do you want me to say? And so, you know, quickly I can be like, I'm one, I'm really so, so sorry and heartbroken to hear about your pain. And I think, you know, what you're going to do today is going to be a really cool way for you to remember this time. And I felt like that a lot. And, you know, she's like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, bingo, (laughs) here's my shot. You know, and I'm like, I, I met Jesus and he wrecked me. He wrecked me. He changed my life. He stole my heart. He came in and he took my pain and I get to share with her, you know, in the five minutes I have her on the couch what he has done for my life. And I think in a shop, you know, especially for me sitting there hearing stories, people want to tell you their story. So it's not so much, I'm going to present you to you, all the Romans, you know, like it's all relational. It's all relational. They want to hear that you hurt too. They want to hear that you struggle too, but that, you know, the answer, you know, who the answer is is and in the culture and the world that is shifting and changing i see a hunger in young people's eyes that are desperate for truth and something that is solid and so i think in little moments like that you know we get to share just kind of what he did for me and then of course i pray after they leave that god if that was just even a seed (laughs) even just a seed for a moment that you would water that but that's like little things i get to go through but i know rodney probably has stories of tons more (laughs) i mean i think you said it People want to open up and you know, you're a therapist, you're a therapist, you know, people jump in your chair and they want to tell you everything about their tattoo. And sometimes I'm just the ear. Sometimes I just listen. Sometimes I do get to share my story. They do ask me questions, you know, it will lead to that. That's awesome. I want to dive a little bit. I feel like you've hinted around it a little bit, but I've got two thoughts and questions. One, and sorry to keep doing these two parters to you, but One, I think you've hinted around your different environment a couple of times from music to a place that Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to give you a little more free reign. Like, yo, take our listeners in. What does it look like? Cause everyone's got a vision in their head Mm -hmm. right now, what a tattoo parlor Mm -hmm. is. I want you to give them your vision. And then before I forget it, I'll write it down. But I also want to know that you have a very interesting lens, potentially every now and then we talk here about, Hey, are there certain clients that my faith wouldn't allow me to take? Are there certain deals that I might not do because I feel like they're, you know, hurtful to people or things? So in part of the welcoming too, I'm thinking you might have a very unique lens or thought process on, are there certain tattoos you won't perform and how that conversation goes? Because I think some of our entrepreneurs wrestle with some of these things all the time of how to do that winsomely, lovingly. So yeah, so paint us a picture of your environment and then maybe how a difficult conversation goes in that welcoming environment? So our environment definitely is kind of where I get to have some creative freedom and reign. <laughs> so, you know, seven years ago in Plano, we weren't really technically allowed to be called a tattoo shop. And they weren't comfortable with that. The city did not know what to do with that. So we were a retail store with a specialty use in the back is what we were at the time. So we were like, what are we going to do with all this floor space? But that was God planning way ahead of us which is really cool. So you walk in and one, we provide a lot of tables and chairs, free Wi-Fi, free coffee and art supplies, which is just kind of different too off top because one, we want to be a place where everybody can come and feel welcome. So whether you're getting a tattoo or not, but if you're a creative or you're an artist, you like the art, you need to sit down somewhere quiet and put your headphones on. This is a safe place basically is what we're saying. 
So, you know, we've had friends come in and take conference calls at the shop because they could be at the house and need to be somewhere else. So that just kind of the aesthetics. We also have merch that we sell. And so a lot of it is kind of faith-based and I'll try to kind of low-key slide that in there, you know, like a wake of sleep when arise from the dead. And I've got the skull on there with some cool roses. They don't know if Ephesians 5.16, but that's cool. You know, sweatshirts that say child of God, you know, with the line of Judah on the back. So we get to kind of slide it in everywhere and in every aspect. So we do have merch and retail on the front. One of the coolest things I think we get to do is Rodney is definitely an artist and has art for days. I'm talking watercolor, wood cutouts, oil paintings. You know, he's been involved in City of Plano World Art Drop Days and events. So we get to showcase that art and sell it. We also get to sell other local artists' artwork, which is really cool because then they get to have wall space and kind of sell their art and share their story. And we've met some really cool people that way. So that's all in the front part of the shop which is kind of open up to anybody. Anybody can come and hang in there. Anybody can be in there. All the artwork is kid and family friendly, as is the music, as is the conversation. So again, it should be somewhere with, you are 19, you want to tattoo, mama, grandma can feel comfortable coming in with you (laughs) and feel respected and that there's a sense of dignity in there. In the back to the archways and behind the counter is where all the tattooing and piercing happens. And We have done something in our studio that isn't the norm, which is we have an open floor plan. Normally, a lot of tattoo studios have like small little booths or they have their own individual rooms with doors that shut for accountability purposes for our artists and for our clientele. We are open floor. So there are stations, but there are no walls at all. Now we have like the little trifold walls, you can screens, you can kind of put up if somebody's getting the side of their hip tattooed and a little uncomfortable and we need a little more privacy. Yes. But it's also so that artists can see each other. I can walk the floor and see what's happening and have a level of accountability there from artist to client. Because the truth of the matter is things happen. Things have happened in that industry from clients and artists I personally myself have seen a lot of um, women who are lonely (laughs) come in and they love just being in close proximity with a man in general and unfortunately have made offers. And as sad and heartbreaking as that is, it's also why we don't have walls and why there's accountability there and why When artists come to work at our shop, some of them are like, well, what's up? Like, why don't I have my own space? And we have had artists not stay because they want privacy. They want that personal space because, unfortunately, things that they're engaging in that aren't godly, that aren't moral, that aren't what we stand for. And so we don't always get artists to stay because they come in, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a little too too Jesus for me. And they don't want that but it's specific design and has intentionality behind it. And for those who are honest and are honoring God and their families and their wives and all the things, it isn't a problem. And so I think just off top, that open floor space and open floor plan in the back where the tattooing happens will immediately turn an artist on or off, whether or not they want to be there. It's never been a problem for our clients 
our clients have never once complained about, oh, I don't want everybody. How come everybody can see me get? It's not like that because everybody's respected. And if there's certain privacy that's needed, you know what I mean? Like we can work that out for you, but it's never been a client who's not liked that. It's only been an artist. And so I feel like God kind of quickly weeds out the ones that probably aren't going to be okay with kind of how we get down and operate. I have one last question for you before William goes into the way that we always enter podcasts. Um, has there ever been a time where somebody comes in who's clearly had some level of trouble and you talk them out of getting a tattoo? <laughs> Randy talks to these young guys out of face tattoos all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's been a really long time. You know, I can tell you endless amounts of stories of the youth again, these days, kids under, you know, even 21 years old and they want face tattoos. They want their first tattoo to be on their face. You know, they want things that, you know, I don't even give kids tattoos on their neck, tops of the hands. I don't do that stuff. I tell them that unless you don't already look like me and this is your job or something, I'm not the guy to do that for you. And lots of them, they respect it. You know, like we had one guy kind of try to talk me into it. And I don't know if you'd say talk me into it or not, but <laughs> he said, come on, man, I'm going to be a rapper. And I just all right man you know good luck but that's still not you know going to be the answer you know mm-hmm. and you know to answer your question earlier there was once actually no there's two now but previously there was a tattoo that the lady came in specifically asking for me i was not there at the time i need to speak with rodney the owner okay he'll be back tomorrow i showed up the next day she showed up already it was kind of a weird thing, but then she started to tell me about her tattoo. And, you know, the tattoo was very much um, black, black ravens and a symbol that I didn't, you know, really feel comfortable doing. And it's very cultic, yeah. black magic, like satanic pagan symbols, like very much in opposition to who we are and how and why she specifically came for Rodney to do it. I have no idea, but yeah, it was very awkward. And I told her, I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, I don't know that I'm the guy for this, but I'm going to look into what these symbols mean. I'm going to kind of check it out, do my own kind of research about it because the way she was telling the story on how the layout needed to be. And she was describing the Raven to be, kind of a soulmate in a way, but after a week or two, I could not get myself to even put pencil to paper, you know, nothing. Uh, I prayed about it. It was really heavy on me for a good time because I almost felt like, is this what I was supposed to be doing here? You know, it's a tattoo, you know, it's a design. She has a story. It's for a person. But once I saw that symbol, you know, I just, I couldn't get behind it. That still small whisper of the spirit comes up strong when it needs to. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I can't understand it. And I feel like all entrepreneurs probably had that with whether it's a client, a deal, an employee. Yes. yes. Something that just doesn't feel right and you can't put words to it. And yeah. speaking of that, the way we love to end our program is going back to God's word, which we started with. And just love to ask you both if there is 
a scripture that comes to mind. You know, it could be something you thought of this morning. It could be something you've been meditating yeah. on your whole life, but we just love to end with God's word and, and coming back to say, hey, how's he moving in your life today? And could that encourage our listeners? Okay, I can speak to something I'm doing this week because I feel like just yesterday he kind of like, kind of, you know, he just kind of smacks you with some truth real quick. You know, and it's funny because it's about Isaac bestowing the blessing on Jacob or Esau. Usually the focus is on those three and the blessing and dad and sitting there and I'm reading about Rebecca. And I'm just like, wow, man, she really wanted Jacob to get that. You know, like she's plotting and scheming. She's like, okay, how can we make this happen? You know, you're going to get it. And I just thought, that's crazy because like God told her when she was pregnant, what was going to happen. He told her who was going to get it. He told her how the younger, he already laid out for her exactly what was going to happen. And yet here she is 30 years later, still trying to plot and scheme and make sure it happens. And I just felt like the spirit was saying, but how often do you do that? How often are you Rebecca? Because it was in relation to our business and financing and me trying to, how can we, this and you know this and this and it's like he's told me I am your provider like I will provide this is my shop my business why do you keep trying to plot and scheme so often about how to make it more successful when I've already told you I've got this and sometimes I think he just needs me to be still and lie down in green pasture and let him be God instead of always trying to run ahead of him and um plan (laughs) and plot out how I think it needs to go when clearly he is the only reason we are still open and successful and giving it to him every single day. I think it's hard as an entrepreneur to have that in you to plan and to make plans and to schedule and to goal setting and like all the things, but ultimately at the end of it, he is the one in charge. He is the one in control because I can plan and goal set all day long, but he is And so I just reading about Rebecca yesterday, I was just like, ouch, like, oh, I do plot and plan a lot. (laughs) And sometimes I need to take my hands off and dig deeper into the word and rest in him. And I think turn to a posture of praise sometimes more often than I do a posture of planning. And so I think for me personally, where we're at in life and with our business, that really kind of hit home with me yesterday. One thing that we talked about this morning and last night, going over all the notes, you know, it really stuck out to me, you know, being able to share my story, being able to say, this is how he's redeemed me. You know, it's easier to isolate. It's easier to just go to work, do what I do. You know, I get hyper-focused on just that, the present and I will forget and I will lose focus on all that he's brought me out of. And, you know, I told Sarah the last week or two, um, you know, just being able to say, like, I get tired of kind of telling my story in a way, you know, like I'm a mess. I'm a hot mess. (laughs) You know, he's still working on me, but you should never, you know, get tired of telling your story. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. Our ministry exists to equip and resource entrepreneurs just like you with content and community. We know entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be. We've got groups that meet in churches, coffee shops, living rooms, and boardrooms around the world. Find one in your area or volunteer to lead one and bring this global movement to your own backyard. There's no cost, no catch, just connection. Find out more at faithdrivenentrepreneur.org.